0: And leading Australian lobby group has solved the thorny problem of climate change. And all it took was a buzzword generator and a one-page downloadable PDF. Oi, oi, oi. Details next. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap complete with all of the filthy, stinking carbon emissions embodied in their manufacture, which nobody really wants to acknowledge, let's face it, mainly because, you know, facts so inconvenient. Website? Hard. My heart was as heavy as a field of butterflies in spring when I learned yesterday FCAI releases three-point plan to drive lower carbon emissions. On hearing that, I was on the edge of rejoicing in tongues, which is Normally Tiffany's job. The ultimate goal is a fully decarbonized car fleet. But to get there, a mix of hybrid, plug-in hybrid, battery, electric and efficient internal combustion engine vehicles will be needed. Move over Sir David Attenborough. I'd suggest there's a new Captain Planet in town. <laughs> and its name is... You guessed it. T-Dub, Mr. Dub, the Dubster, Rubbity, Dub Dub, as he's most probably never known. The power of the buzzword, dude, decarbonized. Yes. Two stubbies, VB, thanks, mate. Decarb. Just doing our bit, rehydrating our way to a greener Australia. <laughs> Let's just decarb the shit out of the vehicle fleet, shall we? Like, Why did I not think of that? It would, of course, mean making future cars without steel or tyres or uh, plastics. There's that, and we wouldn't be able to ship them from any factory to, you know, shitsville. But these are, of course, just, just details. To a man of vision, such as Rubbity DeCub who is, of course, the CEO of the car industry's grubby little lobby group, which is also suspected of being a front for a Toyota PR laundering operation in Canberra. The most significant challenge facing our nation is climate change. As opposed to what, dude? Relations with China? Or, I don't know, knock-on effects of Mad Bad Vlad in Ukraine? Or inflation, cost of living, pandemic preparedness, defence, etc. According to a survey by the Lowy Institute in 2016, education was the number one issue facing the nation. Go figure. Followed by health, domestic violence, the economy, terrorism and national security, dysfunctional politics, refugees and asylum seekers, and only then climate change in eighth spot followed by immigration and China. I don't know, for the life of me, who suddenly made Rabidey the arbiter of Schittsvillian challenge hierarchy. Together with setting the emissions reduction target, the three-point plan also calls for impediments to be replaced with incentives. Solid. I like it. Let's just de-impedimentise things in the reversotronic machine, shall we? That's Brilliant, dude. In with the CO2, out with the decarb. Yes, lateral thinking like there is no box, dude. Only at this point, I might respectfully suggest that this whole rubbity decarb plan is starting to smell less like virtuous planet saving and more like a disingenuous bullshit pitch to get the new federal government to spend money only in ways which will increase the sale of new cars. Mainly Toyotas. Surely he's not suggesting that the human race's salvation hinges on consuming even more cars. Because, dude, I don't see how the road to getting CO2 under control is paved with even more consumption of everything or anything. Pray tell, therefore, what exactly are these three magic bullets? (sighs) Really? Agree on the destination, remove the roadblocks and... Go the distance. Finally, there's no need for you to imagine any longer what it would be like to watch tennis being played without the net. This is the kind of thing that happens when an organisation is completely unencumbered by the facts. Destination, roadblocks, go the damn distance. Yes, Are we saving the planet or hitching up the chitois and taking our effluent to Dingo Piss Creek in our fucking Hilux? Because it's exactly the same three-point plan for both of these missions. Coincidence? Hard to see a decarb Hilux ever, isn't it? Just say Man just wants to sit next to his Tiffany and his diesel Hilux and drive endlessly through busted-ass cattle scrub, past all of those rangers which have pooped in their trousers en route. That's uh, shat verified, by the way. I do love the shat. Chicks want him, even today, and you want to be him. You can see why. He's just got something... There is an category of Australian who just wants to park his porter slum on the shore of the Golden Billabong, sit inside on the Brasco at the head of the dining table and take a dump with a beer in one hand and a spatula in the other, stir-frying, holding court with his Tiffany and her sister Raylene and, of course, Muzz. And they say heaven's in the clouds like... You know there's... No suggestion of any (coughs) decarb vehicle approaching production that could actually get a proper chitoire to the creek, nor be used daily by tradies, etc. Electric cars are just Designed for people who live in Pleasantville, from their apartment in the inner city to their vital job as the senior VP of marketing for polymer dogshit industries. Three points, nine sub points. Vehicle emissions solved, dude, just like that. (laughs) Feel free to pause and read, won't you? But allow me to take a cognitive load off right now, dude. The nine points are, sell more new cars, sell more new cars, and sell even more new cars. Repeat times three. But there is one bullshit statement there which begs, gags, for repudiation. Australia's vastness means more vehicles travel greater distances More often, one does hope that this next bit might help you if perhaps you are watching from overseas and planning an international trip, suffering from the delusion that Australia might be worth visiting. Allow me to assist. Australia is full of fuck all, jam-packed. We are all stocked up on inhospitable desolation. Mad Max, dude, it just showed you the best bits. Most of Schittsville is empty for good reason, which is why nobody ever goes there. This is an objective truth. There's a big rock in the middle and a whole bunch of animals that are quite happy to kill you, mainly around the edges and, of course, in the water. One of our capital cities is a living cemetery. No names, but rhymes with bradelaide. Sydney is, frankly, a monument to human ugliness. The Gold Coast to the Sunshine Coast is Sodom and Gomorrah by the friggin' sea, and everything else is a complete cultural void. According to facts, in this case, the Bureau of Statistics Survey of Motor Vehicle Use 2020 Passenger vehicles here drove a total of 163 billion with a B kilometres in 2020. And of those, 125 billion Ks was driven in capital cities and urban areas. We, therefore, drove the equivalent of 12.5 return fucking trips to Pluto inside cities and urban areas. And it's not even a fucking planet, dude. Twelve and a half and a half out of 16 return trips to Pluto, cities and urban areas. That's 77% of our proud, desolate Chittsvillian driving is inside cities and urban areas. They're called facts. In the disunited states of Morocco, which is about the same size as Australia, but not empty, 70% of travel is in cities and urban areas. Australia 77, Miracle 70. We do not drive, quote, greater distances more often. That's bullshit. Muricans spend more time per vehicle on the interstate than we do. US data there from the University of Michigan, Center for Sustainable Systems, Personal Transportation Fact Sheet. <coughs> what a mouthful. Google can find that for you if you're interested. This jingoistic concept that we are a nation of post-apocalyptic Mad Maxi and long-distance drivers is objectively an Himalaya of horseshit. Because of the staggering inhospitability of the majority of our landmass, we do less driving through it than, for example, Americans. We are one of the most highly urbanised driving cultures in the developed world. This three-point plan is abject lobby land bullshit. Elvis spotted with Jerry Hall in Florida. MH370 located by Elon Musk on the moon. Scans confirm Donald Trump's bone spurs. Former Deputy Premier launches world first Barillaro Do martial arts dojo to support other victims of cameraman stalking. He has to be Fair Incum, one of the most stalked men in New South Wales, allegedly. And Lobby Group actually gives a fuck about climate change. I'd suggest all equally credible tabloid friendly headlines. Personal opinion. Here's how you reduce your car's CO2 emissions, okay? The no shit approach based on facts. You make public transport free and not shit. You try to live closer to work. You work from home if you can, even only occasionally. If you've got a bunch of errands to run today in the car, try to do them all, or as many of them as you feasibly can, back to back. Chain them up into a little sequence rather than making a series of individual to-and-fro home outings, right? And you drive as if your accelerator is connected to a tap which empties the friggin' fuel tank. Mainly because, dude, it is. Squeeze gently on takeoff. Try to maintain a nice constant travel speed in free-flowing conditions and then lift off and close the tap early when the traffic ahead is stopping or slowing and just let momentum do that bit of the work. You can do this today, dude, except making mass transit free and not shit. That would require the second coming of Jesus, fair Nickham. Only not in Missouri, obviously. Because here in New South Shitsville, senior political dipshits like the ruling elite... (coughs) They're far too busy jumping from one scandal to the next to bother with trivialities such as unfucking the public transport system or making personal electric mobility scooters even legal as they are in, you know, every other state. Building proper cycleways to make low-impact commuting a real, viable proposition. Getting bicycles out of the way of cars. Improving safety, efficiency and minimising animosity there. New South Shitsville politicians, dude. Too busy fumbling the pin on this grenade and the next one because they've lost sight of what they were elected to do, i.e. serve the public, not rule it. Every scooter, every bicycle, every pedestrian, every friggin' electric skateboard, I don't care, dude. That is a car not gumming up the roads, which you are stuck on right now. Every bus is got to be something like 50 cars, not in your way. Every train, like, hey, hundreds of cars there, not gridlocking the shit out of the road in front of your beak right now, dude. All these carbon-cutting points are well within our grasp today. No bullshit decarb plan required. Even public transport could hypothetically be unfucked, just not by elected washed-up lawyers and asshole lobbyists. But these measures that I just mentioned... They're effective, okay, but they're not actually going to sell any more new cars, are they? You can do most of them in your current shitbox today without spending one red cent more to upgrade to this or that. And you will make a real difference. Collectively, we'd make a huge difference if we did those things. Which is, of course, why they're not to be found anywhere on rubbity-dub-dubs bullshit three-point decarb plan, not because they work, but because they won't sell a single extra new car.